podcast, CavsCorner.com. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the Blatchel Franklin Estates in the West End of Richmond, where it is actually Tuesday, November the 20th, as we record the show. Thanksgiving, basketball games, all kinds of fun stuff pushed us up a day. And what better time to talk about Virginia and Virginia Tech than and the um, you know media apocalypse uh, 2018, um, which we will no doubt get into later in the show. You'll hear from not just our brave panelists, but also the one and only Ballhawk is going to join us as well. Um, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody up in Fishersville. David Spence is on the show. How are you, my friend? Doing good, Brad. I appreciate that we're doing this podcast a night early. So, you know, cutting our week down just like the team. Um, hopefully none of us clam up and refuse to talk. Who Days on the board at Who Days on Twitter. And up in Arlington, staff writer Justin Ferber is also on the show. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, I am very much available for comment questions, anything that you guys have for me tonight. Um, anything UVA football related, I am available, very much available. Um, I also want to shout out to our friend Stuart, who said that he listens all the time, and he thought that Dave's uh, Twitter handle was at who days d a y s. Um, common mistake. We've never spelled it out. So mine is J U S T I N underscore F is in Frank, E is in Edward, R is in Robert, B is in boy, E is in Edward, R is in Robert. Justin underscore fervor on Twitter. I am so salty right now that the B in there was not Brad, and that's all we're going to talk about. Uh, B is in Bradley, and R is in Richard. It's Bradford. Anyway, Cavs Corner, also on Twitter, Cavs underscore Corner, great place for the in-game updates, content items, and the occasional um, media bashing. Okay, um, so we're going to get into all of that stuff in the fifth side, uh, as I mentioned. Um, so I want to talk about actual football, and I don't mean any I – mean, look, the basketball team is number four in the country, and I don't mean any disrespect, but like – what are, what are we supposed to do? I mean, like they beat the crap out of three crappy teams. We'll talk about them after this battle for Atlantis. Um, we so, love basketball. Lots of great basketball podcasts. We're going to talk football. <laughs> this time of year, yeah, there's a reason that none of us are in the Bahamas, right? Um, so Virginia goes down to, to Atlanta. Um, hard-fought game. Cavaliers come up just short, um, 30-27 in overtime. Um, as As – as you come out of that game, I feel like because Pitt won, um, it, it's it's hard to like um, it's hard to get too fired up about the results, right? Had Pitt lost and Virginia could play its way into a shot again at the Coastal, maybe maybe I'd feel differently. But it's just hard for me to get too fired up about the result. I don't like some of the ways in which that game played out because I feel like the Cavaliers left a lot out on the field. Um, but I'm interested to get some some opinions from you guys, Dave. As we've gotten a little bit further from Saturday, how does how does that loss sit with you, and and where do, how, how do you sort of like position it in terms of like the way that you see this team and everything? Is it so overshadowed by the upcoming game that it kind of doesn't matter, or does it matter? The latter. I mean, the former. Um, it's it was the weirdest experience I've had as a Virginia fan in many years, just because even when we did make bowls, you know, we made the bowl last year, it was by the, you know, that six win that was so celebratory, but the season kind of went down after that. Um, we already had seven, eight, eight was nice, but you know, we kind of talked about it at that point. Once, once Pitt won and the coastal was out of reach really with this season, it's a very good season. You cannot, t- if, if Virginia loses Saturday or Friday, sorry, God, I had to mess that up. If they lose Friday, um, 
it's still a, a very good season, but now, now what takes it to a great season is beating Virginia Tech. I, I don't think beating Georgia Tech changes a whole lot in the perspective when you look back at the end of the year. However, while the game's on and the team's playing, as much as you say, hey, this game really doesn't matter, as a fan, as soon as that ball kicks, you're you're into it, um, which was kind of what I experienced. As soon as the game got going, I really wanted to win it. Um, but then you had the whole Perkins thing, right? Um, it looked like we may have lost our starting quarterback for a, <laughs> at least for the game, if not longer. And that was a kind of just a gut punch that, much like the team on the following kick, took a minute to respond. It took me a while to kind of cope with that until we saw him back on the field. So it was the most weird, emotional game I've had in a long time. Um, I didn't I didn't want to lose, certainly. I, I wasn't – the game was there to win, and you know I'm, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But the – but just the up and down of my emotions, like – Kind of caring, but not caring, really caring. And then, oh, my God, we've lost our quarterback. Virginia Tech's the luckiest team ever. They're going to get us with a backup. Oh, he's back. Oh, oh, we can win this thing. And now we didn't. <laughs> oh, Brendan Armstrong's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Brendan's fine. So it was just bizarre, man. Um, but, you know, but I still – I would like to get the win. but And I guess the only reason – I can look back on it and say, other than just wanting to, you know, I don't think it changes the perspective of the season, but it, what I would hate to happen is to end up back in Annapolis. <laughs> so that would have been off the table, I think, with the win last week. Well, I don't know if Annapolis is <clears throat> genuinely on the table, even as it stands right now. I, I, I don't know if that'll be a thing. Uh, I, I think somebody's going to gobble them up. Um, no pun intended this week um, before that happens. I, I think the thing for me <clears throat> was that apocalypse sequence, right? Where you get the safety and Bryce is hurt and then they, uh, they return it for a touchdown. That entire thing felt like it felt so, it was weird to say this because I've seen Virginia football suck so bad, but like, it felt so surreal. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> it, it felt so like not like it was happening. And then, Brennan Armstrong comes out and dude is balling like there was this one read option and he didn't just like take the ball back he like ripped it and he just like it was almost like everything about him was like I'm gonna run this dude over and he just like ripped that ball and ran and and like tried to flatten some kid and I was like okay and then he you know they score a touchdown I'm like oh and I was watching the tent um, the injury, the blue injury tent has this little slit at the top that you can see into and I could see Bryce's head so I could see he was sitting up so clearly it wasn't a knee to me because if it was a knee, I, fi- I felt like he would be sort of laying down, right? Um, and then I could see Kelly, and she looked like to me that she was, was, re-ta- she was retaping his ankle. That's what I thought. But then she comes out of the tent, and she goes over to Bronco. And Bronco, I'm watching through binoculars, he has literally no expression. She could have come up to him and said, you need more Gatorade. And he would have had, like, it, it didn't, she did not just look like she walked up to him and said, yeah, he's going to be fine. And I'll go back over to the tent, and there he is. And he's, you know, he's getting up, and he's scooting around, and he looks fine. And I was like, oh, okay. And then Brennan's got his headset on. And the whole thing, it was, if, if what I just witnessed in the apocalypse scenario, apocalypse sequence, right, was unreal. Watching Bryce get out of the tent and be fine was even equally unreal. It was like, oh, well, they're going to be okay, because now they have the lead again, and, and the kid's fine. Um, 
I, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily like, it's not like the outcome doesn't matter to me. It's not that the, um, that the way that the game ended didn't matter, but sort of the way that they weathered that thing. And the fact that they were in this game and they held the nation's number one rushing offense to a hundred yards less than they normally run the ball. A lot of that had to do with the offense holding the ball, sustaining drives and, um, you know, I thought Georgia Tech didn't play particularly well. As I said in the column, like both teams played enough, well enough to win and bad enough to lose. But I think as I come out of that game, the thing that I that I feel like I uh, I feel like even more is that like even in a game where like all of a sudden things started to go against them, they still figured out a way to be in the game. Now we can talk about the second half and some of these what I think were just really bad looks. Um, you know, the third and one call by itself, but then the use of the timeouts and um, just a, there were a lot of things about some of the decisions they made in that game that left a lot to be desired. But in terms of the team on the field, I came away, not necessarily, maybe, maybe impress isn't the word. I just came away confident in them that what we've seen all year is who they are. What about you, Ferber? As you've gotten a little bit of distance away from Saturday, how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, that was honestly my biggest takeaway was I thought that they played really hard. Um, and I know that sounds very simple and boiled down, but um, yeah, I mean, I thought that, you know, from start to finish, they, you know, they played to win the game regardless. And there's a lot of things that could have played into maybe them not doing that because, you know, they're out of the coastal race. I'm sure the players knew by kickoff um, that that was the case. And then obviously you have the Tech game on Friday um, and Georgia Tech, you know, no offense to them, but it's kind of like that's a good win to get. But if you don't get it and you beat Tech, then that kind of becomes forgotten. Um, but they went down there and they, they, you know, they tried hard for 60 minutes and a few mistakes kind of undid all of that. But um, you know, obviously Bryce played well at the beginning and then when he got hurt, um, yeah, I mean, the funny thing is that happened. And then on Sunday I got to see a real quarterback injury. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought that the team did a good job rallying around Brennan when he came in, um, especially considering the gut punch of a safety, then the injury, then the kick return before he came back out. Um, and then they ended up going out and scoring. So, I mean, I thought that that was really good to see them kind of, um, rally around their freshman, and he obviously seems very confident in himself and his abilities. Um, and then in the second half, I thought the defense played really well. They really buckled down, and you know their only touchdown in the whole game was uh, Georgia Tech's only touchdown was on a forty-yard drive off of the, uh, you know the the fumble and the punt. Um, so I mean, I thought the defense played outstanding, considering you know the odds were stacked against them, and you know the Georgia Tech the style of play they have kind of has a way of wearing on you and. I think there's a reason that they kind of these four yard runs start to turn into eight yard runs and eight yard runs start turning into 40 yard touchdowns of the second half, because it's just hard to reset mentally every 30 seconds and do that again, knowing you're going to get cut and uh, you know, you're going to have to jump over guys to make tackles and then you might get be in the perfect position and then there's a pitch, you know, so it's kind of mentally frustrating, but I thought they did a good job throughout the game of, of kind of bringing it on defense and, Obviously, they, they held to three at the end of regulation, and then they held to three in overtime, and I think that's the best that you can hope for. Um, the offense, I thought, got out to a good start and then didn't really you know find their rhythm in the second half, but I thought that Bryce executed really well on the last drive of regulation to get them down there. Um, you know, He did all the right things until the spike, but I don't think that was really his fault. It seemed like that was a design thing. So, um, yeah, I thought that they played well, and honestly – uh, it's something that I think UVA fans should be proud of. You know, the the way that they lost is obviously tough to take in overtime. But um, you know, they were right there in a game that a couple of things went against them, but they they kept playing. And you know, if that kick goes in, who knows? They might win the game. You know, one other thing goes differently. You know, Georgia Tech's field goal went off the upright and in. 
So, I mean, it was a close game, a game that they were six-point underdogs in, um, and, and they fought their tails off and, and came up a little short. But I don't think that's anything to kind of get down about. Yeah, I feel like in, it's the perfect sort of, like, nuanced sort of result that fans are always, like, not just UVA fans, but fans of everything are always, it's always hard for folks, right? Because you want to be upset because you know you could have won the game. But there are still some tangible things you can take away from it. I mean, for example, like Virginia could have had a 10 win season, right? Like win that game, beat Tech, win the bowl game, right? Like that's a significant thing considering that two years ago, like we know how bad they were, right? A 10 loss season. (laughs) Right. And that means to flip that thing that way. Um, And listen, I want to get into something else here. I'm anybody who knows me, well, maybe some people know me differently, but I'm not a mushy kind of guy. Like, but I got to talk about Dylan Thompson for a second, right? I on Twitter or the message board or even on this here program, I know that there were times where people were talking about him and it irked me because I was like, why are y'all focusing on this dude who isn't even at school yet? Or why are y'all focused on this dude who can't even like get on the field? But look, I know it took a long time, but man, did that kid play well the other night? Like I was really impressed with him and not just that, but then like talking to him after the game, like, holy smack, like, this dude gets it. Like, he he gave a great interview in a – I mean, he hasn't – I mean, how many times do we think Dylan Thompson has done interviews in his life, right? He's got a throng of reporters in front of him, right, a whole entire scrum just you know, waiting for him to talk to us. And I thought he did a great job. I, I thought that the game, his the post game, the way he sort of handled himself, I just thought was really good. And I, I like, like I said, I, I don't – I wasn't um, as kind maybe – as I should have been earlier in the season, and I apologize for that. That's my that's my bad. But like that dude, really, uh, he really impressed me. I thought he he stepped up when Virginia needed somebody to step up on that defensive front. What that means for them going forward, I'm not real sure. But in this game, he gave them a chance. He gave them a legitimate chance. There were lots of night. There were like there that first drive. I, I saw Vic Soto get into him a little bit, but after that, man, I thought he was really solid, and it showed in the in the Pro Football Focus grades. So I just want to, I don't know publicly a mea culpa of sorts to just say look I you know I, I said some things and I was I was wrong the kid has definitely made an impact and and uh, it looks like he he could continue to make one um as we go into let's transition to the to the Virginia Tech aspect of the program which um no doubt will take lots of our time Dave you you are off you said from now until after the game so is that a good thing like because we we've been talking about this right that like it's great that the game's on Friday because you wouldn't want it to be on Saturday because you wanted to hurry up and get here. Is that because you think Tech's right for the for the picking? Is that I mean, is that basically what it comes down to? Is you want to get this thing on because you think they're going to win? Um, let, 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 <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I've been thinking, but leading up, you know, that fifteen minutes before they do the podcast is where I'm kind of processing what I'm what I'm going to talk about, what I'm going to say, and where my mind is. Um, and, you know, I told you guys this morning, like, it's the weirdest feeling. I believe, by my count, this is the seventh Virginia Tech game we've previewed as a since we started the podcast. So, because um, the 2012 season would have been the first. So, this will be the seventh game we've previewed. All the other game, all the other seasons, like, I didn't really want to think about it up until the game. But literally, as soon as the game, Georgia Tech game ended, I have been obsessively focused on this game to a point where it's distracting to my daily activities. Um, I am happy that I'm off the next few days so I can maybe have a, a couple of, uh, <laughs> uh, 
alcoholic drinks to help me well, I, I relax like how you were, like, kind of I like how you danced around it and then you said alcoholic drinks. <laughs> you said alcoholic drinks. Like you're, yeah, you're well, I had a beer in like my hand. I was like, I'm going to drink more than this. Yeah, you were <laughs> so. thinking of, like, a politically correct what yeah, you were, Yeah, you said, it was like alcohol. you were... No, honestly, I'm processing how much, what different drinks I'm going to have <laughs> this week. It was I don't like that meme, this. right? Don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. And then he just blurted it out, alcoholic <laughs> drinks. <laughs> yeah, alcoholic drinks. Yeah, guilty. But that's how my brain's been. I mean, um, like this one just feels different. And maybe I'm wrong, you know, we won't know if we're wrong until two or three years from now. But I can't think of a... You know, Virginia's played Virginia Tech in a situation to win the Coastal a couple of times, right? Um, and they've played them once or twice where Virginia Tech was on the verge of bowl eligibility, but if they lost, they weren't going to make it, but Virginia was bad. Yeah, the Bowl Bowl. Yeah, the I Bowl Bowl. 2014, right. 2012, oh, the bowl 2014, bowl. and 2015, they were 5-6. and six. The Bowl Bowl. Mm. What about yeah, but, yeah, what 2014 about was the Bowl Bowl because both teams were 5-6. Yeah, one of them was going to make it, right? But um, you know, since 92, man, 92, um, since Virginia had the better record going into this game. Hold on one second, Dave. Let me, let me start. Ferber, was that your stat or was that Dave's stat? It was mine. Okay. I have used also, that. Also, it got, it got run in the press conference this week, which only featured a coach and no players. Um, <laughs> in case you guys missed Spoiler that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like beaming with pride when I watched that. Um, but yeah, that was, that was my research. I was like. I was looking at it, and I was like, there's been some games where UVA's had, like, a good record or a winning record, but, like, when was the last time where Tech was – and the reason I looked it up, honestly, was because Tech started losing games. You know, I think they lost, like, Georgia Tech and then BC, and then I was like, well, UVA's probably going to have a better record than them. When's the last time that happened? Because even in, like, 03, I was pretty sure they had pretty similar records. So, um, yeah, 1992. And that Tech team that year was had, like, two wins or something. Like, they were really bad. Well, I just Brad want to say, has a stats used... department like some major newspapers, <laughs> like like ESPN has like ESPN stats and info. Like that's yeah, yeah. You guys are you well. Guys I mean, the, the thing is, like, if you really want to get technical about it, I mean, it's still true. But I mean, there were some years where it was like UVA was three and one, and they were three and zero, oh, that sort of thing. Or like both teams were five and six. Um, but though that was only like three or four times out of the whatever 25 year stretch or whatever that is literally it's the entire length of text bowl streak they've had a better record than uva in the game well the reason i wanted to pause you there dave is because i wanted to say thank you because i've used that stat like everywhere i think yeah, i like you said, I, I i used that one in the pre, in the presser but anyway go ahead i'm sorry i cut you off yeah i mean since 92 since for you know virginia's had a better record going in um so it, it just feels like if Virginia loses this game, I'm going to be devastated and it's going to take me a week or two to kind of deal with it. Cause unlike a lot of you, Virginia fans, like as we've talked about at nauseum on the podcast, I live with a Hokie and I've got Hokie in-laws, so I can't run away from it. Like some of you can, it's, Hold on, pause. Actually, I'm really glad you said that. Can we talk about the fact that your license plate says she's VT and hers says he's UVA? No, we're not going to talk about that because we talked about that on on a news station last year, WDG. Okay, that's great. We haven't talked about it on this here podcast. After several alcoholics. What in the world possessed you to say yes to this or even worse to come up with this idea matter of fact you know what don't don't say anything just keep talking about your other thing i don't want to go license rant. plate no 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 oh, no, no, no i'm not gonna let that go without responding to it. oh god let me tell you how that came oh, about because um when we were dating you know after we things got serious when i rode with her in her car 
it had hokey crap all over it. Um, and you have to realize, like, I met my wife and it took me six months to go out on a date with her because of this hokey thing. Um, <laughs> we, our first date was actually the, the Florida State game in 2005. Um, and Virginia won that one. We actually had it on the celebratory cup this week. So the whole idea of the license plate came from me not wanting people to think I was a hokey riding in her car. So I got she's VT on my license plate. She responded by getting he's UV on hers. Problem solved. Oh, wow. wow. And a rivalry was born. You know, it's and funny. Remember, you know that scene in, uh, what is that movie with Will Ferrell? And he answers the question. He's like, and the guy's like, I'm now dumber for that. I don't know. Oh, Billy Madison. Okay. Uh, I am, uh, I am dumber for, not dumber. I am, uh, <laughs> I am, le- I, I, you know what? Whatever I had cooked up in my head made me think that she had like, uh, no, man, she, she had like, the full turkey feet on the back of her car and everything else. And Jesus. I didn't want to be seen this in that. Was, this was a different time in the rivalry as well, I'm assuming. Yeah, that you're talking, we're only like two years into Yeah, that's right, because they the won streak. in 2003. That's right. Um, but anyway, uh, where were we? I, you were talking <laughs> what about, are we talking you about? You were talking about how media? excited you were and how you're going to be crushed if yeah. they lose this game. Now, I mean, look, I don't want to harp on, on it too much because – I know two weeks after a loss, I will, as a positive Virginia fan, deal with it and move on. But um, it just seems like such a big moment for the program. Um, I don't think any of us – look, I picked Virginia to win this game in the preseason. But I have picked Virginia to win every game on this podcast against Virginia Tech, and I will for eternity. Um, And that's just – that's my stick. That's what I do. But this year, like – I don't think any of us leading into the season, I don't think any of us would have said it's outside the realm of possibility, but it still was unlikely given where the program was with the new quarterback and all the new changes. And then you add all the injuries we've had this season. But here we are. Virginia's got the better record. Um, Vegas favors them about three, three and a half, four points, depending on the book. At Lane Stadium, um, which is one thing, you know, but you add the, the bowl game thing could disappear for them. They've got some issues down there going on with players transferring. It just seems like a win could be more than just ending the robbery. Like it's ending the robbery, ending the bowl streak, and maybe sending that that program into a little bit of the panic that Virginia fans have dealt with multiple times over the last 14 years. So it just feels really big, and I think that's why I'm obsessing about it. Um, and, uh, you know, when, you, when we've talked about how you beat virginia tech a mobile quarterback is always number one on that list and we've got a very special one who i, I think is even though it's having like this amazing season i feel like it's kind of getting lost in the shuffle of the team and i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing so this game i can't wait for friday well i would say it like this first off didn't didn't you guys give me like massive crap in the preseason podcast when I was talking about how Tech wasn't going to be any good. And Ferber had this whole thing about, like, is Bud Foster still the defensive coordinator? Right? Don't That happened, right? I'm not dreaming this up. Like, yes, this is an just, actual... Just, yeah, I was, was hard. I was, I was prepared. I was prepared to yes. discuss that today. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure I was like, y'all, I don't think they're going to be as good. And you both basically, like, like, talked me down. Like, you basically 
belittled my entire opinion, and now I, I it would was like, mostly me. Yeah, I would like to. I would. But like it to was hear more. It was honestly more that you belittled my opinion. But no. we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> no, because your opinion was stupid. Your opinion was like, "Oh, Bud Foster still is alive, so therefore Texas defense is going to be good." And literally, the entire season has been uh, a manifesto on why that was dumb. And I just want to make sure yeah. that that gets put out there for the record, because just because Bud Foster is a defensive coordinator. You know, and does it mean that all of a sudden their defense is going to be good? Like, well, and that, good wasn't, players. that wasn't necessarily my my point. I mean, I did I do believe that. I mean, to an extent, but um, my point was basically related to UVA. I mean, obviously their defense has been shredded a bunch of times by teams, and then they hold UVA to seven points. Um, and sometimes UVA had better offenses than those teams that shredded them. It's just the way that it works out in this rivalry. Um, I mean, I think UVA's offense is much improved, but they scored 10 points in two games against Tech, so hopefully they can improve on that number. Or we will be having a very different podcast next week. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously I didn't foresee all the injuries and stuff that they had to deal with, but there was some attrition and signs that things might not go so great before the season started. And I just figured he'd be able to do, you know, what he's always done and, you know, get the most out of his players. And I honestly think, you know, I've seen a lot of their pressers and, you know, media stuff from this week. Um, and they talked to players this week. Did, did, did I think, you, I think so. Did I think media so. Get to talk? Okay. Um, just curious. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I think it's one of those things where, you know, they, they understand the value of that as to the program and blah, 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 blah. No, I'm just kidding. I think it's dumb. I don't care. Uh, let the players do what they want. Um, I just wanted to make sure people didn't think that I was like siding with the other side on that. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I think they're kind of just like searching for answers. Um, especially on the defensive side. I think he's kind of like he understands, but understands like what he's got to work with. And I think he understands that it might not be enough right now. Um, and he's just trying to figure something out. And obviously the transfers keep coming and injuries keep coming. So um, that's not good. And I think, you know, I, I watched the, the Fuente press conference from yesterday and he just seemed like he was kind of like, it is what it is. You know, I mean, he's obviously they're going to try to get this win and win next week. Um and boy, would that be something. I mean, there are a lot of schadenfreude scenarios for this next couple of weeks. First, you have them scheduling an extra game um, to get to the six wins uh, because they – and you could say, like, well, they lost the game with ECU, but they also lost to ODU, so I don't really want to hear that excuse. Um, and so they're going to play Marshall if they beat UVA, but if they don't, they have to pay them $100,000. Um so th- there's a lot. And then, you know, there's always the possibility that they could beat UVA and then lose to Marshall or something. So, because um, yeah, Marshall's not that bad. They're not like, bad. Marshall's they're better than the, the – yeah, I mean, they're yeah. better than the ECU team they were going to play anyway. I mean, they look better than – They're way Tech's. better than ODU. <laughs> <laughs> they look better than Tech has looked in the last few weeks. So, I mean, that's not a gimme. But it was the best they could do because they couldn't schedule an FCS team because they already beat one. So, um, yeah, I mean, their defense is, is – I kind of agree with what Bronco said today or yesterday, um, I guess two days ago, if you're listening to this. Um, he said that, you know, they look like Tech's defense on plays. And then, and, and Dave and I talked about this the other day, but, um, you know, it's like they look like Tech's defense on first down, second down. They give up a third down conversion and then they give up a 40 yard touchdown. So it's kind of like these execution concentration type issues keep resurfacing and they get gashed for these big plays, but then they'll be okay for a few after that. It's like, it's not like they're giving up like 12 yards of pop all the way down the field. And I think that did happen some in the Georgia tech game. But other than that, it's like they're giving up these huge runs to Pitt and and Miami and whoever. And um, their offense has had some issues as well. So, I mean, I think that it's definitely the most beatable tech team that UVA has faced 
since 1992. <laughs> <sighs> the whole the whole thing that um, no, uh, sorry, I was I was I was getting fired up about something completely unrelated. No, I think the thing that stands out to me about um, sort of the way that these two teams match up is like. I'm not trying to say tech is awful. I, I don't think tech is awful. I think tech is very, like, to me, it's almost like Louisville, right? Now, Louisville, at this point in the season, is awful because they've quit. But earlier in the year, they were a talented team that you just weren't really sure what to expect from, right? Carolina, a talented team, team a team with talent, right? But you're not really sure what to expect from them. Tech, I just I don't know what the baseline is for tech other than, like, like consistent mediocrity, right? Like it, it, if there are if there are seven plays that need to be made in a game to win the game, Tech will make three of them. But the other four are going to be really, really bad. You know what I mean? Like they just seem like a team that has way more um, to offer than what they actually put out there every week. And that is just such a not thing I've ever thought about a Tech team. And what's funny to me, we, and I'm going to give you guys some inside baseball. I was talking um, today with a friend of mine, um, and I was, I was making the point, like, it was, it's weird because when I go to do, like, our content for the week, like, we, we have a certain number of, like, content items that sort of happen each week during a football season, right? And so I have to pull art pictures for each one of them. And so I normally will do that all at once. And so while I'm doing, I'm thinking, all right, this is good for this story. This is good for that. And for the for the one where I do the preview, I like to try to find something that's a group of players. That way, there are multiple um, you know, logos. There's some there's some some sort of thing that you look at the picture and it just automatically says that team, right? Dude, there are no chummy pictures. No like Justin Fuente and his dudes like. Like you can find pictures of Bronco celebrating with his guys. You can find pictures of Larry Fedora or Paul Johnson, right? Like around their players. Like there's nothing with that. And I'm just thinking, like there is something about this year's team. Like you've got these two kids that transferred in the last 24, 48 hours, right? You've got it's just it's just the most like weird tech season in all of the tech seasons. And I just don't know like what could possibly be at the root of that. Like it just doesn't seem like a lot of these dudes like each other all that much. And I'm not really sure why you had all these guys get kicked off the team. You've had obviously a bunch of injuries like that obviously can change the complexion of a roster, but man, like there's something, there's just something about this team that is very different from any other tech teams. And that's why the more I think about this game, I have to even like the, the history of it, right? The, the thing that you feel as somebody who's been an observer of this or fan, whatever that you feel because you've seen Virginia lose 14 of these in a row, Right. Because there have been games before where you thought that Virginia had a chance and then Tech just boat raced them, right? It, this Tech team is different and not in a good way, whereas this Virginia team has its stuff together, is consistent in doing these certain things. Maybe they make some mistakes. Maybe they're not perfect in execution. But you sort of know what you're going to – you know, you know what you're going to get. You know what you can expect from them week in and week out. That, that's just not true of this Tech team. And that's why when it comes time to make predictions here in a few, like, it's not going to be that hard for me. Like – it's just not. And I know the games in Blacksburg and I know Tex won 14 in a row and I know that, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like, I, I don't know, man. Like, it's almost unnerving to me, like how much, like how much I'm not fighting with the prediction on this one or like what my, 
what my gut instinct is on this. Like it, if if you put these two teams, I think Dave said this today. Like if you put these two teams in different jerseys, nobody would have a problem. You know, I said it in the column this week, nobody would have a problem telling you which team was going to win. And you sort of can't let history because I mean that history doesn't really matter. Like maybe these, maybe Tech will be more engaged in this game because of that history. And maybe because their back's against the wall, whatever. Okay, that's fair. But otherwise, like, what is that 14-year streak? What does that really mean for these kids? You know, most of these guys aren't from Virginia. Most of, you know, most of the guys are going to play in this game are from Virginia. Like, they don't care, you know? Like, they were, you know, not necessarily paying attention when all that stuff started. What about you, Dave? Do you feel like there's something broken about this team? Yeah, I mean... I think the point of the uniforms are the biggest issue. Um, and not just, you know, not just us looking at Virginia tech, but Virginia tech looking at us. Like Virginia tech came out really well, really good against Miami. And, you know, I was kind of flipping back and forth. I didn't, I didn't consider that game big enough to pull out the second TV. Um, so I was flipping back and forth at the commercial breaks and tech was tech played pretty well. When I went back and watched it on the rewatch, um, this week tech started that game. Well, and they, they, you know, they had many good plays defensively and offensively. Um, but there is something like one play happens and they kind of give up on that drive and ends up being a touchdown. The question for me is, you know, does that happen when it's V Sabres on the side of the helmet instead of the U and I, I don't know, like emotion plays a big part in the game. We, we all see that. I think a lot of the, a lot of the games Virginia's been close in. It's been that emotion that's pushed Virginia to kind of step outside of what we normally are um, in that game. Even last year, like you know, there was a lot of barking between the sidelines. Like Quinn was really into it with their sidelines. That game was close, um, but just uncharacteristic of what we've seen prior to it. Uh, I feel like Virginia Tech. The the one thing they've done during the streak is they have been consistent with what they are all season coming into our game. And we've always kind of either tried to bow up more or have regressed in, in our game. So what I'm hoping to see and what I think will make me comfortable that the culture we've, we've seen built has built to a point where it doesn't matter who you're playing will be Virginia being Virginia, um, which is, you know, <clears throat> Bryce doing his thing and, the defense hustling, everyone giving a hundred percent, and be playing pretty clean football, not getting engaged in shenanigans. Like, will that continue? Um, I hope it will because I, I think if you do that, I, I think Virginia Tech needs you to kind of fire back at them and give them. I think they need that external motivation this year. I think Virginia going in the lane and just doing what they do and being being efficient and marching the ball down the field could really cause them to fold. And that's what I'm hoping to see. All right. Now I said that they weren't very good, but you're expecting them to fold. That's woo. That's bold. Right well, now. I mean, we've seen it. I mean, if you look at their last few weeks and I know it's not the UVA game. And I think that they've made it very clear this week that the emphasis is still there and it's their biggest game. But I mean, their backs were against the wall against Pitt for the coastal and they got whooped. I mean, no disrespect to Pitt, but they kind of looked like a team that quit in the second. I mean, they kind of rallied in the second half, but and I don't know if they've like quit on the coaches. I don't. I think that's a little overplayed, but I mean that Miami game got away from them. Like 
You know, and, they, we, they, and look, Miami's not that good. Like they're just that's not. what I mean. Miami hasn't shown anything since they played UVA, um, and there are even some some warts before that. But I mean, I don't I don't have their point totals off the top of my head for how many points they've scored in each game since then. But during that, I think it was like four game losing streak. But I think it was like you know less than twenty or twenty ish in each game, and they put up thirty eight easily, and they, they had thirty eight at the end of the third quarter, and then they just kind of ran the ball. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that the potential is there. Like Dave said, if you come out and just kind of like get out to an early lead, maybe create a couple turnovers, um, especially if you can push that lead past seven and kind of, you know, make them think like, oh, man, we're actually going to lose this game. And, and that, the you know, if, if, if some of those things are right about like, you know, maybe there's some chemistry problems, they might welcome the season ending instead of having to play another game next week, you know. Um, if things aren't going well early against UVA, but I think Dave is right. I think that the 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 emotion and stuff you have to kind of rein that in, and and it kind of makes me think like the way that Bronco has kind of talked about um, how this game is different, and obviously the emphasis that we talked about in the summer um, on this game, um, and you know it's it's the most important game, all you know all that stuff. Um, I hope that that doesn't make them go outside their comfort zone because I think we saw that this year in one game and it was against Pitt um, right before. And I don't even know if a lot of people listening to the podcast know this because it wasn't on TV. Um, but, you know, 20 minutes before kickoff, there was like a like a, a confrontation with Pitt outside their tunnel, you know, right before the teams went in the locker room. Um, they kind of got at each other. Nothing happened, but, I mean, it was a lot of jawing back and forth. And what did UVA do? They came out um, – I guess emotional to play and they picked up a bunch of penalties, a lot of concentration penalties, holding penalties. I think there was maybe like a late hit in there. Um, so, I mean, like you can't do that stuff in this game because it's just costly. And then you don't want to give them life. I mean, you got to try to take it away from them. Yeah, I think that's true. I think one of the things too, <clears throat> that I've been thinking about um, as this week has started is that like, <clears throat> The emotional aspect of this game has always been in Tech's favor, right? I, I've talked before on this program and elsewhere, like about how I remember one of my first games covered, one of my first times covering this game. I remember being on the field and in Scott Stadium, and just the differences between the way the coaches were sort of getting the players loose and the way that like Tech's coaches were. I mean, they they had they were they acted as if this was literally the biggest moment of their lives and they were they were hyping their kids up for something like they were going to battle another planet or something right like the virginia kids are over there and i mean like it's a business as usual approach and the tech kids are just it's just not that and they really did i think a good job in those years of really channeling that emotion and that excitement and and it it was it was a different thing for them that Bronco and his staff, that, it, that Beat Tech has been the focus of the offseason, that it has been, you know, when they broke the huddle, it was Beat Tech. The signage was everywhere. They talked about it. They, you know, they have not shied away from, yeah, we got to do this. This is, a, this is a goal of ours. We need to do this. That's, that's further than any other Virginia team had been. And I know, like, well, and we're going to get into the fifth side, talk about the, the media thing. But, like, just in terms of the way that the team has handled the end of this regular season, um, I think that they are already ahead of the game in terms of managing their own emotions. But to that point, like you're right, like that pit game, they came out and they were not themselves for the first you know quarter and a half, and the and the penalty yard has showed it. Um, even if even if I think you know there is some emotional stuff that happens at the beginning of this game, like 
they are going to be more dialed in to this game than any Virginia team in recent memory. And I don't think there's any, any reason to doubt that. Um, Dave, I want to get to the prediction portion of this, this year program. We're going to start with you. You had Virginia win in this 17, 16 in the, uh, in the preseason. You are going to pick Virginia to win it because you do this every year, but give us your score and your rationale for what, for what happens. Here it is boys. I mean, Last time we talked about a well to the bowl game. That's right, we got a bowl game. Um, look, I think this is the year. <laughs> Dude, like, I, I have plenty of reasons Tech could win this game. Like, I think if you're a Virginia fan who thinks Tech is absolutely like garbage and, and has no chance, you you either a are, are hopeful or b haven't watched them play. Like, they they have shown up in these games they've lost. They've just been. You know, they they have folded in a couple at the end, but the other teams have made plays to beat Tech, and um, especially at home. I think they're what, one in three at home now or something. Um, one in four, I believe. One in four. Yeah, that's right. Um, Lost to Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, Boston College, and Miami. Yeah. And, and they William the, and Mary. <laughs> and they're one in four in their last five overall with the win coming against Carolina, 22 to 19. Um so the team, look, they're not absolute. They're not Liberty. <laughs> I'm trying to think. They're not Louisville. They're they're somewhere in the middle. They're they're a team. If they get, they play well and they don't turn the ball over and they make stops, they will beat us. But I feel like this team, as constructed, with this coach and this staff and the focus they have on this game, it's time. Um, I think Perkins. My, my one reservation that you can probably hear in my voice is I'm worried that we're going to try to outsmart ourselves on offense that we have seen. And maybe that's me looking back beyond the three years with, you know, three, two previous games of Bronco and the other 12. Um, I feel like Virginia has been uncharacteristic in this game and tried to do stuff they don't normally do to surprise Virginia tech. But the one thing that's always been an Achilles heel for that, Bud Foster defense is a quarterback who can run, um, especially after he allows the rush to kind of get to him and then get behind it. So uh, I think we've got the quarterback who can do it. And we've got OZ and we, we've got a defense that is playing despite the injuries is playing well and is multiple and can cover a lot of sets and throw a lot of different looks at a quarterback in Ryan Willis. Who's he, you know, he's good. He's not great, um, and, and I think they can confuse him. So I, I think all the stars align. Virginia finally knocks this off, and we uh, have a bottle of Maker's Mark that I'll finally get to open, and I hope all of you, wherever you live, call me. I'll give you my address. You can come have a sip. <laughs> all of I think you? Virginia, did you just say that to all of the people who listen yes, to the podcast? Yes, literally, dude. I've been, you don't understand. Like I have carried this bottle? bottles of Maker's Mark. No, I know you don't. Look for the, the line. Look for the license plate that says she's VT. That's true. Yeah, yeah, pretty just drive around, just drive. But no, like, yeah. but like, how I remember this bottle, and I don't remember. It's it, just it, a either. fifth. I mean, they did they did college colors. It was about nine. Is years it like ago one of those now. Harry Potter things where the thing doesn't end? I was <laughs> gonna say you can get Maker's Mark at the ABC store. Like no, that. this is the Maker's Mark <laughs> with the orange like and blue, with the orange and blue yeah. wax. On the I've top. seen that before. Yeah. And um, I've got Virginia bourbon glasses, you know, and I literally carry this thing and. 
I know you do. Whether it's home or away, I carry it everywhere. We had it there last year. It'll be out this year. I'm not going to the game this year, it doesn't look like, but I'll have it out. Um, still trying to make it work. But anyway, um, I've got Virginia winning this one 31 to 17. Wow, a two score. Okay. Um, I would like to state for the record that uh, that when when – Whenever you, whenever Ferber picks in the preseason as strongly as he did, he doesn't like to change it. But you can sort of sense when the thing is bubbling up, right? And I'm going to guess that Ferber is going to change his pick here. He had Virginia Tech winning this 20 to seven. Something tells me that we're going to see an about face here. Uh, what, what's your prediction, dude? Man, if UVA scores seven points, we got problems. Um, and by we, I don't mean me. I mean there's another. No, no, we would. No, no, have problems. no, no. Yeah, no, no. We would have. Oh, we, we, we if they score seven points and lose twenty to seven, <laughs> we, we gonna have problems. Like, yeah, I do not yeah. want. We got I, a basketball podcast. Yeah, that's point. right. <laughs> yeah, we do. How's that Atlantis game going? Um, you know, like I, I thought about this today. You know what I was gonna say when we got to this, and uh, um, obviously I haven't quite found the words. Um. But, I mean, I think that, like Dave said, they're not a team that you can just take for granted that you're going to beat them given the history. And they're not untalented. I think they just have some depth issues. And But they are a team that has good coaches. I mean, it's not – I don't want to say they're like a super well-coached team this year because you're not seeing that necessarily on like a play-by-play basis. But I think a lot of that is just immaturity and inexperience at some of the spots. Um but I think that if you if you're on the other side and you're a UVA fan that thinks that UVA is worse than them this year, then you're just wrong. I mean, you're just not paying attention. You're paying too much attention to the names on the jerseys or whatever. But I mean, this is a game that UVA we have gone from a <laughs> we have gone very quickly to a place where this is now a game that UVA should win, not a game that UVA could win. Um, even in Blacksburg, like the way they've played this year, I mean, I think that that's a place you can go win. And honestly, I think that I've always kind of had a suspicion that when UVA beat them, it was going to be there. I'm not really sure why, but uh, I think sometimes being at home can work against you if things start going really bad, especially in a game like this. But, um, you know, I think that UVA should be able to run the ball and not just with Jordan Ellis. I think that Bryce could have a really nice day. Um, running the ball like uh, they've had some issues with like run fits and contains and just gaps being open and if you do that with Bryce when he's back there those design QB draws and stuff are going to eat you alive um, I'm assuming that Bud's going to spend a lot of time on like trying to keep Perkins from running and uh, we'll see if he's able to kind of come up with something different to do that um, a few teams have done okay bottling him up but most of the time he, he figures out a way to get it done so um, I expect Tech to come out and, and do the best they can. I don't think that they've quit. Um, I think that they're going to they're gonna push UVA, and if UVA wants to win the game, they're going to have to take it. Um, that means you're going to have to be aggressive on offense. You know, Six points in the second half probably isn't going to do it, um, just like it wasn't enough against Georgia Tech. I think you're going to have to you know, throw some punches, and you're going to have to – not literal punches um, – but you're going to have to, you know, take some shots and, and try to do some stuff to, you know, go out and take the win instead of like hoping that you can just hang on. Um, because we've seen them try that a few times and, and they almost did it a few times. But, um, you know, 2014 and 15 come to mind where UVA had a fourth quarter lead and then couldn't hold it. But um, I expect a competitive game. Um, I think that UVA is going to go down there and get it done. Um Dave has the maker's mark. Uh, I might need it if they don't win because after the game, <laughs> I'm actually going to be in Blacksburg for the night. 
visiting with some friends. Oh, so, yeah, it's a recipe for a very fun night or a very bad night. Um, you, I mean, honestly, if it's a bad night, I've I've seen that story play out. So that's I true. Can you handle you got, it with yeah, some. That's right. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm well versed in failure, so uh, <laughs> I'm I, I know how to handle that situation, but. I think that UVA fans are going to be celebrating on Friday night. Um, I think that UVA goes down there and wins 28-20 in a game that they kind of take control of, but it never gets too far away. Uh, but but they go down there and get it done. I um, first off, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the um, the conversation the three of us had the other day. Oh God, was that yesterday? That might have been yesterday, and it seems like it literally just happened. Um, <clears throat> but we had this whole conversation about the Commonwealth Cup and like what, like, does it? Where is it? How does it? Because do they even still bring it now? That like, was today. That was today. Holy yeah. crap! All right. Well, we had this whole conversation <laughs> today <laughs> about the Commonwealth Cup, and like, you know, does it? Do they actually bring it somewhere? Like, is Tech gonna just like, you know? ship it later i mean i know that they bring the they have the cup part of it the top of it but i mean it's a pretty large thing from from what i yeah it weighs 100 pounds if you look at the game notes that's that's, like five feet high that's nuts um not that we've seen it (laughs) (laughs) now that we know (laughs) yeah that's that's true um I think one of the things that stands out to me, and I'm not going to get too verbose here because we, we, we're at 48 minutes and we still haven't done the fifth side. Um, I said this during the Miami, in my column after the Miami game, that this something about this felt important. It felt special. It felt different. That's what I'm going to say about this too. Um, all, all of it's there, and, and I think Virginia's going to get it done. Had it 20-17 to 17 in the preseason, I'm going to amend that slightly and say 31 to 21 i think the cavaliers uh get the w down in blacksburg in the streak send virginia tech home for the holidays and uh and that's that um let's talk about the fifth side of the ball um i'll preview this since it's a media topic um so yesterday for well first off i want to i want to give my shout out to my friend brenda who who i believe tweeted at dave um and said something basically that she wanted us to reenact uh basically uh Ahmad Hawkins going off on this whole subject uh, unbeknownst to her I was actually in the process of getting up with Hawk to to basically um uh, make that happen um so he will we'll have some more from him cuz I'm going to record that um in the morning and then the the show will drop sometime around lunch I would imagine but it 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 is sort of outlandish to me that this had became a thing but at the same time maybe I should have expected it. so basically Bronco comes to the press conference and he explains, like, look, yeah, there were supposed to be players that were going to come. I gave them the option during the team meeting today that if they didn't want to come, I would be the representative. You know, they have a lot of stuff they need to get done this week um, if they want to do that. And they decided to 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 not um, to not come to media day. And I mean, I get it. Like, as a person who works in the media, I it wasn't. I mean, I was looking forward to to some player stuff and and that kind of thing. But at the same time, like, I get it from their point of view too that they have other things this week. I mean. They're doing Thanksgiving on in a three-hour window on Wednesday night, and that's it because they got to travel on Thanksgiving. If they needed that extra, you know, forty-five minutes to an hour to get something done for school or you know watch some film or something, like, what? Okay, like it's not like we didn't get thirty-five minutes of Bronco. Um, and I'm not trying to come out and start bashing my media brethren. Like I've I, I've told these guys straight up. I told them at the time, like, no, you're like you're only feeling this way because it affects you but you you're not everybody like nobody else is going to care the way you care because it's thrown off 
you know, your whole thing. Um, so I just want to give you guys a few minutes before we intro uh, Ball Hawk and, and he and I have that conversation. Kind of give you guys a chance to sort of sound off, Dave. We'll start with you. Give me some of your general thoughts. And again, I'm not trying to get personal here. We don't need to take any shots at anybody. But in terms of the topic at hand, uh, what are your thoughts? Like, I think it's much to do about nothing, right? Like, the way I heard it from you versus the way I saw it on social media. Like, Bronco and the way Bronco presented it, he told the guys if they didn't want to talk to the media, he had them, right? First of all, let's take away the media side of it. If I'm a player preparing for a robbery game that we haven't won in 14 years, and my coach for the first time, presumably all season, gives me the option not to talk to the media, I'm probably not going to talk to the media. Like coach kind of leading you that way. Right. So if you want to be mad at someone, be a Bronco, be mad at Bronco about that. He didn't say, Hey, you guys got to go talk to him. He gave them the choice and they chose to, to focus. And that's fine. And the second thing, if, if I hadn't seen all the hubbub on social media, like I would have known about it because of you, but let, let's assume I don't know you. If I hadn't seen all the complaints on social media, I probably wouldn't even have known that the Virginia players weren't available for the press conference on, you know, on Monday. I would have just assumed, hey, they weren't available because it was a short week. Because like, I tweeted it today, but this is the ninth game this year, ninth Thursday or Friday game for the ACC this year. It's only the second time a team has played away on the Saturday and then away on the short week. And the other one was Louisville who, God bless them, had to play at Clemson and then at Syracuse on a short week. But this this is a rivalry game, and you throw Thanksgiving in it. And, you know, University of Virginia requires you to go to class. So these guys are busy. Like, uh, it's, a, it's a bunch of nothing. And the fact that it's turned into what it is just – like, like I, I don't know. I don't know the guys who've, who've kind of pushed it all. But literally, if they'd have just been like, hey, Virginia chose not to make their guys eligible or guys available, or they just say, hey, the Virginia guys didn't choose to be available, I think it would have been, it would have been over with by now. But the fact is that they kind of like took it personal. And so the fact that it continues, I blame more on the guys who complained about it and continue to complain about it in a public space. Than I do the players. Well, and two, like, and and again, I've told them to. The, I mean, I told them yesterday, like, you know, like guys, like, it's not you know, but like to me, it's one thing to be frustrated by it, and then to say like, look, I, I was not able to do my job, but then to like imply like, oh, they're, um, they're not ready for a big game or whatever, like that just seems like a way, like a bridge way too far. Like, it's it's one thing to say that, um that it's not right, right? It's, it's one thing to share your opinion, say, I don't like this. It's another reason to ascribe some sort of, like, f- of all-encompassing reason, right, to that decision that somehow paints it, makes it worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's enough there for you to yeah. be genuinely frustrated with. You don't have to, like, add on to it. Yeah, you asked me not to get personal. So, like, I think the word boycott that was thrown around is complete yeah, like that's BS. yeah, that, exactly. It wasn't like they refused to do it. It wasn't like it's they were not like, like they didn't do it because they hate the media. Yeah, and that's exactly. what yeah, that would was. imply that like the media did something wrong, and that's exactly. not. I mean, it's a perfect example. Is like last Thursday, it snowed up here, and I have a day job, and my boss was like, "Hey, you can work from home if you want. The roads aren't that good." And I was like, "Cool." 
you boycotted <laughs> I mean, work. It wasn't like I was like not doing my job or like thought less of the company I work for or the people I work with. Like I just did. I was like, this is more convenient for me. Um, we're not that really... charming. I mean, they don't really want to talk to us that much. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good analogy. I'm like, I, I think Dave's right. I think that the, but the thing is though, like, it's not really even a controversy. It's only a con- the who's arguing about it. The people yeah. arguing about it are the people that yeah. are upset. That's true. It, like the fans are all just like, we don't give a shit. You know, we don't yeah. care. Yeah. I call my seat, call myself there. Yeah, you did. Good um, job. Almost had to put the explicit tag up. <laughs> you're, um, you're prepping for the last segment. <laughs> right. But, but that's, yeah, I think he can take care of it. Yeah. Um, no, nah, but, uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I don't think that any of the fans are like pissed at the program. Um, if anything, What's, like Brad said, I mean, it's like, hey, sorry, we're not going to have any player features this week. It's a short week where everybody's traveling and there's a holiday. So well, You know what's even crazier, dude? Is it like It's not even that the fans are upset. Like, it's the opposite. Like, the fans are like, good. The fans That's what are, I'm like, saying. They're, they're, they don't care. It's they, not, it's, it's not, it's not even, even a that, controversy. No, no, it's not even that they don't care. It's, a, it's yeah. the exact opposite. And I think that might be the thing. That might be the thing that has caused this to be a thing for two days, right? Is that, is that there was no, like... You know, the cavalry didn't ride in and say, "How dare they do this to you?" The cavalry was like, "Okay, cool." Like, and not not because they don't want to read UVA stuff, right? Not because they don't want the content. It's that they would rather their team win the game. So, if you go take that hour and go, I don't know, watch more film, they're fine with that. You know? What yeah, I mean? and I, I, on like you know, just to play devil's advocate, I totally understand the I like, especially it doesn't really affect me and you as much with our with our site because we don't write a lot of stuff off of that. I mean, we get right, the quotes, right. but we don't. It doesn't provide us with a ton of content. These newspaper guys, you know, they kind of plan out what they're going to write ahead of time and then try to get the quotes for that. You can tell, like, people are angling for certain stories when they're asking specific questions. Like, some of them, you know, they're probably practicing those questions ahead of time. Um, But, I mean, I I get that. At the same time, it's like, I don't think it's going to, like, all of a sudden people are going to stop caring about the program because Bryce Perkins didn't answer a question about a rivalry game he's never played in. And not to uh, not to besmirch any specific player. I mean, they're, they're really awesome to deal with. But for the most part, they're giving us very – I could tell you right – like, you could ask me a question right now and I could tell you how it would be answered for the most part. Like, how important is this game? Oh, it's really important. You know, like, obviously it's in-state rivalry. You know, we haven't beat them in a long time. It's really important. They're not going to come up there and like you know cut a wrestling promo, <laughs> so I mean I don't know what you know what we expect from this, but you know it it's not like it's not that big of a deal. I don't think most people really you know most people a lot of people probably don't even know. Like if you don't have Twitter, you don't even know this happened, right? That's no, true. I can confirm that. Yeah, and what's you know, what's funny too is that to, to the point about Twitter is that is that a lot of times if you're on Twitter, you think that the, the things that matter in the world are the things that happen on, on that specific social network. And so the fact that this thing basically just happened there, like I don't think anybody's really talking about it, even on the message board. Like it's not a thing that has spread anywhere. It's basically just people who are sort of in the same sort of uh, – it's like everybody is in one room and we're talking about it, right? But there are lots of rooms yeah. everywhere else. Yeah. yeah, I mean it has translated into a couple of the stories that were written this week and I'll – I kind of alluded to one of the comments that I thought was Bush League, um, but I'm not going to go further into it for the because it's not my podcast. And and I I also (laughs) understand, like, from a fan perspective, if, you know, like one of the questions was like, you know, uh, interest is at a high, like, you know, is this a good you know decision for that? Right. I mean, like, is that going to hurt that? But I think if you make your program completely inaccessible all the time and. 
you know, the fans feel disconnected. Like I've heard people um, in Blacksburg talk about this. Like one of the good things that Frank Beamer did with that program was he made it very accessible for fans. He opened up scrimmages and practices and all kinds of stuff for, so people could feel like connected. And that's not something that UVA has always done. So we're not used to having it. And then when Fuente took it away, it, they felt like, oh, like you know, he basically is handling it like UVA handles things. Um and people felt like, oh, now like we're getting less exposure to the program. We feel more disconnected, and now they're losing. So like I understand like people want to feel connected to the program, and and I, I you don't want to make it completely inaccessible. But I mean, this is a blip on the radar. I don't think this is going to become like a policy going forward or anything like that. And you know, we we'd make do with what we can. You know, if you want to write a story about this rivalry, call Ahmad Hawkins. He played in the game. Like you know, the last time they won in Blacksburg. So. You know, there's there's other ways around it, and hopefully this will go away because it's dumb. It's just a dumb thing. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna end that there, and thank you guys for um, being on the show, for giving graciously of your time, uh, and then we will intro. Hopefully, hopefully you're about to hear from Ahmad Hawkins, and if not, I've cut this from the program, so it doesn't even matter. Um, but we'll we'll talk to Ballhawk and, and get his opinion on this. And through the magic of technology, we go from last night to today. I have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Ahmad Hawkins. I am Ball Hawk. You know him, you love him, my dude. Uh, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, man. I, that the legend piece always, you know, takes me back because I don't think of myself that highly, but I definitely always appreciate somebody saying that. <laughs> no, I'm I'm pretty sure that when you have a picture of your of you, when there's a picture of you inside of a building the size of the indoor. Uh-huh. Doing what you did, I think that 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 qualifies. Heck, you'd probably be a legend just for for your post playing career <laughs> and the way that you have sort of. I want to. I want. I want to say that 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 Hawk, you are like the you are the voice of the people. Like if like if the Rock had not uh, uh, made famous the whole you know people's champ. Like you are uh-huh. the like. I feel like a lot of times I I I know myself. I identify with with the things you say, but I know fans out there certainly do. Uh, in the last you know few days, there's been. <laughs> I don't want to call it controversy because it's not because let's be real. Like a lot of this is just, you know, hurt dogs hollering. Um, but I really thought your, your comments yesterday on this whole kerfuffle were, were pretty interesting to me. The thing that I keep going back to, which was, I mean, before this became even like, um, you know, a thing that anybody knew about, I remember Monday tweeting out and saying, man, this amount of salt that is going to come from the Mm -hmm. UVA media folks is, is 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 going to be huge i didn't expect it to be nearly what it is i want to preface this conversation by saying listen a lot of these guys are are good friends of mine i have a lot of what i'm going to say here i've said to them like i i i appreciate that we have a job to do but at the same time like there's nothing that says that that this thing had to happen and the idea that like to, to spin it as if the kids actively didn't want to talk to me as if they were upset with us as if we had done anything you know to 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 draw their ire just blows my mind in the time since then man as you as this thing has sort of continued to 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 roll give me some of your um your current thinking on this it it, it seems to me much ado about nothing um but it it also at the same time it it sort of speaks to um, maybe the way that people just genuinely misunderstand the relationship that 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 college athletes have um, to maybe the real world. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that, that totally makes sense because you know um, I'm a part of the media now. So one thing I had to learn was the way of thinking from the media side, and what I want the media to learn is the way of thinking of what a player and how they feel in certain situations. So 
Uh, when I read the article when a gentleman said that these guys were on a media boycott, the word boycott jumped at me. And I was like, that's a, to me, boycott is always seen in a negative light. And that's when I had the conversation on Twitter. I was just like, I understand from the media side what you're doing. And that was, it was brilliant because I understand the audience that the article was geared towards and that, you know, that's few for them, but from a past player and somebody that's been around these players, I felt like that was poor representation of what they're truly doing. And that could be very misleading. And I don't think that's fair to them. Um, they're not on a media boycott. They're, they're not striking against the media. As you said, they have nothing against the media. They just understand that this game is very important. And I just think it's always our responsibility to frame, like it's our responsibility to write a piece and to reach who we want to reach. But you also have to be a man and stand 10 toes down if you said something that you knew was going to be misleading. So if somebody right. catch, catches that, if I catch the bait and see that you're trying to manipulate something, then I'm going to call you on it. And it's not me personally attacking you. It's just I'm standing up for my fan base and for who I love the most and right. who I'm protecting. So um, it's nothing personal towards those guys, but it just needed to be said. Yeah, and I think the thing to me is like on the one hand – I want to I want to try to to frame this right because if you work for a, a newspaper and this week like this is just a real thing like fans will, yeah. will look at the newspaper and see you know x number of tech stories and don't see as many UVA stories and they'll think that the paper is doing it intentionally fans mm -hmm. I love them to death but how many times I've taught you know I had people on my message board say you know the Richmond Times Dispatch hates UVA or so and so <laughs> writer hates UVA and there's all yep. that stuff right so I understand from their point of view like it does it it definitely changes the way that their job worked this week but to mm -hmm. also kind of frame it as like the players clamming up in a big game like that's not what happened and yeah. in this day and age man like if there's ever a time where we and folks in the media whether we are folks who work for dailies folks who work for weeklies folks who run our own websites folks who contribute to websites like whatever you do like you can't it's 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 you, you can't assume on the one hand right that anybody is really gonna um that anybody's going to see your point of view like yeah. it, but you also you can't cloud it with like hyperbole like you can't say these players clammed up like Bryce Perkins walked out to talk to us in Atlanta in that in that weight room which is yep. still blows my mind room. you know uh -huh. but he, he walks out to talk to us he literally just finished getting treatment like like 8 feet away Right. He's, he's yeah. just put a boot on his foot and he and he, what does he do? He walks out and answers our questions. Now, granted, they only had a few minutes because they're trying to get the, the bus ready to get back and get on the plane and everything. But he didn't have to do that. But he did. After a tough loss, a game where he's hurt, he's over here getting treatment. If there's ever a reason for you to skip a media obligation, it's because they're working on my ankle. Right. Like yeah. for 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 48 hours later, for folks to like lose their mind because some kids were given the choice by their head coach to say, hey, if you don't you know, if you want to go do other stuff, that's fine. I'll, I'll be the rep this week. It doesn't mean they clammed up. Doesn't mean they weren't ready for a big game. Doesn't mean that they didn't, you know, that this doesn't matter to them. Not like they're running scared. They just had other stuff to do. I the 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 way that we make ourselves in media, like the way we make ourselves more self important, blows my mind. And this is just one of those things. Like it didn't need to be any of this. All it needed to be was, hey, UVA kids had the option. They chose not to talk to media. We have Bronco quotes. That's it. In yeah. in the discussion, you know, like the ACC canceled the the. The coaches' teleconference today. I'm not, you know, out there firing shots at the league. You know, like they said, they had some scheduling conflicts. Okay, you know what? That's you know the nature of the beast. But I don't. I'm not out there like you know what Dabo Sweeney's ducking me. 
You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it just it's just it just didn't need to be a thing. And I also understand, like we talked about last night with me and, and Dave and, and Justin, it's like this is really in, in a lot of ways just kind of contained to Twitter. Like if you if you aren't on Twitter, you have no, probably have no idea that this yeah. is even a thing. But then again, if you read a newspaper, you probably were given, you know, a version that didn't seem necessarily to match up, you know, with what, um, you know, with what happened. And and. That it that this happens at the end of the season when the beginning of the season was Bronco and the twenty seven uh, dudes, mm-hmm. the, you know ACC caliber dudes, and the way that was sort of uh, played out and 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 sort of the way it trickled out and everything. Like I think it's actually a really interesting sort of um, situation because at the end of the day, what what matters? What what what's about to happen on the field Friday night and or excuse me Friday afternoon and and, and that's a game that you know well as you talked about you know in what you posted. I thought you did a really good job of sort of explaining, like, I, I just don't think the general public understands how much these, like, it's not like these kids are just at the crib playing PlayStation. Like, <laughs> they got a lot of stuff to do. And if they have that extra hour, you know, you think about it, it takes them 15, maybe 20 minutes to get to the, to, to get to JPJ. They got to do their part and they got to go back. So let's say, let's be nice and say it's an hour. It's an hour out of their day that they either get to watch some more film. They get to, um, to get some homework done, you know, they, they're going to basically squeeze their entire Thanksgiving into like a three hour window on tonight, basically. Right. And then yep. very quickly, they're going to go right back to game mode while, while we're all hanging out with our families on Thursday, right. They're going to be traveling to Blacksburg and getting themselves, you know, ready for, to play a football game in less than 24 hours. I just, hey. I just think that that's a, that's a thing we should consider. You know what I mean? Hey, yeah. And, I, and if I could be transparent with you, uh, so after games, I'm, I'm allowed, since I'm a former player, I can go in the locker room and celebrate with them or, or speak with them. And I remember as a player, so I could give you as a former player and as a current player, most of the time we don't want to do interviews at this age. You, you don't. Right. You know, you, right. you really just, you don't. Unless you balled out and you're one of those guys who love the, the, love the limelight, you'll talk. But it was almost like pulling teeth when I played when Mike would come in and be like, all right, here's the guys on the interview with us that got to talk to the media today. And we're like, man, you know, it was almost like you're taking a, a urine test for NCAA. Like, I don't want to be on that list. Like, a lot of times, they don't want to talk. But as you just said, they still want to be selfless, and they understand you guys got a job to do. They understand it's a, you know, the university like, loves the visibility of having guys, you know, speak highly of, you know, their opponent or what's going on in the program. So they get it. But when it came to this week, it was just everybody knew since August that they wanted to be tech. Right. So what else needs to be said? That was right. just the mantra. So, again, it was nothing against anybody in the media. It was like we you knew this in August that we wanted this game. So what can we really say to really help sell this fight? The fight is sold. It's Virginia, Virginia Tech. Right. And let me let me and then in in the in the spirit of transparency, like so, UVA sends out an email, um, typically Sunday afternoons, early mm-hmm. Sunday evening, and it'll basically have a list of the names of the guys that we're going to get. Sometimes we get those guys after Bronco goes at twelve. Sometimes we get yeah. one or two before. So what happened is is that folks got a list of names and started thinking through stories, right? So we got Bryce Perkins Bryce, coming. We yeah. got you know we got this kid coming. Um, you start thinking through like, all right, here are the options in my head for like, what are the angles I want to, I want to look at. And you probably mm-hmm. have already done some legwork on some of that stuff. Maybe you looked up some stats, you've looked up, you know, some, some, some information to go along with that story. And you've sort of mapped out in your head, like how it's going to work. I get that when you showed up Monday and yeah. you know the SID walks in the, in the media room and says, Hey, we're <laughs> not going to have these kids. I understand from a, on a human level, right. I might not necessarily for what we do on the site. I, we don't do a lot with the player stuff on Mondays. We do a lot more with Bronco what he says on Mondays. 
but that's not to say that um, that like I don't feel I understand where they're coming from. But you also have to understand like there's more about this than just what you were gonna put out. And ultimately, if it makes for a better game, right? Isn't that it? I mean, it, isn't that the the thing that matters the most, like the game itself? And you're right. Like, what's the kid gonna come up and say? Like, hey, we haven't beaten Tech yet. We really want to beat Tech. Um, there was enough <laughs> there tough. in the preseason, right? I mean, like we went to that last workout. You know they, you know they break the huddle one two three beat tech, right? Yep. The beat tech signage is everywhere. There was a clock counting down for months to this game. So like the idea that like you needed the kids to say these things that you could you could articulate differently. It just it it still to, to even as we continue to talk about it, it sort of goats me a little bit. I, I want to ask you a little bit about this game. Okay. When 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 we talk about and as a former player, I think you have a. You can give us the the real here. Mm-hmm. When we talk about looking ahead, right? So I don't think that there's anybody who was on a plane to Atlanta last week thinking about Virginia Tech. But I'm curious, Hawk, in in your experience as a player, when you get to this game and you know how big of a deal it's going to be, how is it possible to not to to keep it out of your mind? Like, do you have to actively work to only focus on what's ahead of you? How do you keep this thing from kind of slipping, you know, back into the the forefront of your brain? Yeah, that's that's a that's a great question. So as a player, when you know there's a game that you basically have circled, and let's be honest, we we all circle games that we want to make sure that we got to get this game. And um, so in the weeks leading up to that game, and you have games before then, the best thing you can do is um, hope that nobody asks about the the opponent that you have circled. And secondly, man, you just got to immerse yourself into the current opponent. So while you're looking at the depth chart, the game notes, you're looking at film, practicing, get, uh, getting treatment. So you kind of just kind of put blinders on. But we're human. So you may have a dream about that game. Right. Um, you may have some type of vision about that game. But uh, we're human. You, it still seeps into your head just a little bit. And I, I'm pretty sure that once, you know, the game was over versus Georgia Tech, even though nobody asked about the Virginia Tech game. It was it was it seeped in their mind like mm-hmm. we gotta go get tech now because right. you just lost to Georgia Tech. So it right. compounds it. Like we gotta beat Virginia Tech now. We just lost right. to Georgia Tech. So And the other thing too is that like let's be real, like tech has never been as beatable as tech looks right now. Right. Like, let's call the spade a spade like this game. You know, Virginia's this is the first time the Cavaliers have been had a winning record going into the excuse me, had a better record than Tech going going in 92. Right. So, like, there's no doubt in any of these players minds going into this that they should be confident because they this is this is a game they should win. They want to win. It's a game they've been focused on forever. I think that the way that Coach Mendenhall and his staff have handled this specific Tech game. Being so upfront about it being important, being so upfront about it being uh, not just a, a goal, but one of their biggest goals of the season, you know, m- being able to sort of channel the emotion of it into something actionable. I think that is a big uh, departure, so to speak, from maybe the way that that Virginia has handled this this specific game throughout the, the, the rivalry throughout the last, maybe what, 10 years or so, yeah. especially during the streak, probably wasn't that way when you were playing. Obviously it was a, you know, you, you, you had so many friends on the other side of the ball. Um, I think that's part of one of the things about rivalries these days is that the kids who go to these schools, like, yeah, there's a bunch of them from, from, from the Commonwealth, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of kids from everywhere else and they got to learn, you know, that this is a big deal to the fans. It's not just, you know, you playing across from, you know, Mike Vick or, um, 
or um, you know any of those guys that you knew you know from home. Like this is these are this is a big game not just for the state but for the fans but also for like the program in general. Like if you can't beat your rival, you're you're not doing the things you want to do. Nope. Um, when you watch Tech, what is different? Because I asked Bronco this question Monday and he didn't really he didn't really take the bait. What is different <laughs> about Tech as you've watched them this season? Uh, opponent's ability to run the football versus above false defense. Um, the fact that they're giving up over 200 yards a game, the fact that in almost back-to-back games because they had a game in the middle, they basically gave up over 450 yards rushing to so Georgia Tech. They gave up like 460, and then uh, Pitt, they gave up 492. And Boston College ran for over 250 in the middle. So I've never seen that in above false's tenure. Maybe I wasn't paying close attention as I am now because it's my job too, but that's one thing you didn't do versus Virginia Tech was running the football. So if you look at the games that they've lost, um, it was only one team that did well on the ground. That was North Carolina. And North Carolina actually fumbled their chance away on the one-yard line and right. Tech answered the bell. So that's the thing that jumped out to me the most was, dang, they are really running down their throats. Like, you never saw Virginia Tech defense get just – Gashed, yeah, up front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I don't know. And we played against Pitt and Georgia Tech, so those are two legit rushing offenses. So we I, we tip our hat to them. But then we look at other 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 games. It's pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the thing that gives me cause to pause because it's like, can we emulate that? Because we're going to need it. Because you yeah. look at last year's game we played Tech. We ran for five yards, Brett. Five. Yards. Five whole yards. Five yards, man. Like you could go out and get five yards a day, Hawk. Yeah, I fall down. <laughs> I could do a Tom Brady and trip and get five yards. Like, I mean, this tongue in cheek, but you're not gonna beat your rival. You're not gonna beat Bud Foster if you can't run the football. I've been saying that since we played. Thomas Jones limited it to fifty yards. And it took Aaron Brooks to throw for over three fifty yeah. for us to just have a chance. Right. So you have to be able to run the football versus Bud. Or oh, he's Look, let me tell you something, right? I'm going to be candid with you. They don't fear us because Bud Foster does not respect Coach and I. Right. Look at what he's done to Coach and I. He made him go through three quarterbacks the last time that was in Blacksburg. Yeah. And then he holding the five yards total rushing last year. So if you're if you're Bud Foster, do you really fear Coach and I? Because right. that's how he – look, defensive geniuses are pricks. Yeah, they are. You're right. So he's looking at Coach and I like you barbecue chicken. Yep. I'm going to eat you alive. Yep. And here's the thing, though. You know what he does fear, though? Running quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. And that's the difference in this is that, like, look, I love Kurt. Kurt was was exactly what this program needed. He, yep. he got a he got an absolute lightning bolt on his shoulder. Yes, right? he does. But <laughs> but what he, but what he does is just not what typically what scares. Yeah, right. But the, but this kid and 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 how how kind of cool and calm Bryce is sometimes when he gets rolling is, I, I mean, I would like to see coach and I, um, you know, I, sort of diversify the playbook. Sometimes I would like to see mm-hmm. more of, you know, Tavares Kelly and Alameda on the same side. I would like to see more stuff across the middle. I'd like to see more drag mm-hmm. routes, I'd like to see, you know, more dumps, more stuff out to the, to the flats, to the running backs. That being said, this is not, this is, this one for me is easy. Run the football. Run yep. the football, run the football, run the football. Don't be Give cute about variation. it, but run Give the football. Variation yeah, too. just don't run through the A gaps. Run right yeah. at that wide. Yeah, you know, six. get up in that diamond and just roll. And yep. and this might be a game where tempo would be good. You know, once you get mm-hmm. those young kids off balance, you know, keep rolling it. But I mean, I go into this fully expecting UVA to win, and I I mean, I don't think I've been as confident in a UVA team winning this game in a long time. What what's your general thought? We'll wrap it up on that. What's your general thought about how this one yeah. plays out? 
I agree with you. I'm confident because of I understand their mindset. I understand their mental toughness. I understand their resolve and their ability to adjust. And um, just looking at this team from top to bottom, how many teams can you truly look at from a year's past to now and just say every aspect of them, they've improved. Every player has improved. The coaches have improved. Like Even the critique of Coach now, if you look at from the fans, that's improved because he's improved. And Bryce has a lot to do with that on offense. But just defensively, what we did versus Georgia Tech, just showing you how our staff can coach guys up, scheme people up, and, and get the best out of you know the players that they have. Um, I'm confident because of that, because I know being around these coaches and the way that they think and the way they approach games, that's why I'm so confident. Not just because our record is better, because the records don't mean anything in this rivalry, but just the foundation is there that makes me confident that if something goes wrong, and it will versus Virginia Tech, because that's, that's how it happens to the rivalry. If something goes wrong, I'm confident they can bounce back mm-hmm. and still be great. Yeah. And that's why I'm confident. I, is, I, I'm, I've been wanting this all season. I, I really hope this is the game where we finally see him run the option. I've been waiting. I mean, now Bryce has a tendency to throw that, throw that pitch yeah. and it just kind of sits there in the air for a second. But I really, uh-huh. I've, been, I've been waiting all year for, him, for it, and I've been curious if this is when they're going to break it out. But um, I don't think that's quite as much of a surprise as you know, Coach Grow rolling uh, the call out there. <laughs> but um, yeah. you know, it's pretty high up on the list. Ballhawk, thank you for the time, my friend. Really appreciate you giving me a few minutes um, on a busy day and busy week. Uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. Always, man. You know you're my guy, man. Anything for you or the program, man. Um, again, I just want to let media folks know that I don't have anything against the beat writers. I was just basically speaking for the players. So those guys do an absolutely great job. I'm not saying that they did a bad job. I was just holding them accountable for some of the things that were said. And it's still nothing but love from the ball hawk. But, you know, ball hawks love when shut the hell up, you too. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate Ballhawk coming to the show. I want to thank again Dave and Ferber for giving graciously their time last night as always. If you are someone who has found the show um, and haven't given us a look at the website, give us a chance. CapsCorner.com. we got lots of stuff rolling this week. Basketball teams in the Bahamas will be down in Blacksburg for the game on Friday. If you're somebody who has found the website and, and now is you know, just getting into the podcast, give us a, a review. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever it is you get the show. Reviews always help us uh, get around. But again, thanks again to everybody for giving us a listen. For David Spence, for Justin Ferber, and for Ahmad Hawkins, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.